Hi, I'm Cameron, and I don't just read comics, I love them. Welcome back to another episode of Cameron Reads Comics. On today's episode, we are going to be talking about Daredevil Season 3. As I was writing my notes and my review, I kind of got overwhelmed, and I realized that I have a lot to say about this season of Daredevil, so you're along for a big ride. Hopefully you like it. Um... Going into this season, it's important to say it's not your traditional season one, season two, season three structure. Uh, on Netflix, it'll say that. But in the meantime, between seasons one and two, we had, you know, uh, Jessica Jones. And then I think after season two, you had Luke Cage, Iron Fist. And then all of those series led up to The Defenders, which is, you know, obviously what we had. And um, The Defenders is the big Marvel Netflix collab Avengers title. Uh, and so at the end of that, you know, Matt Murdock is left in a predicament post season two daredevil. And so season three of this season picks up not after season two. Yes, technically after season two, but really after the events of the defenders, I'm not going to talk about those because I didn't watch it. I've seen it already. I'm not trying to rewatch all those series just to get back to something that isn't so overtly, you know, attached, but to know it's, it's important to understand that happened. And then that affected this long story short spoilers for the defenders. Uh, Electra gets resurrected. Matt was caught in the building explosion with her. Um, then going into this season, uh, what the comic book story it's based off is arguably what the fans will tell you is the greatest daredevil story of all time. It's not my favorite. You guys know that daredevil 181, that hole in the middle of Frank, Miller's Daredevil run is my favorite, those 13 issues. So that being the case, uh, I love Daredevil Born Again. Uh, so that's what this is based on. Um, yeah. And I think, honestly, I think I'm due for a reread. I don't know when that'll happen, but all this Daredevil exposure is reminding me of my favorite freaking Marvel character. One of. All right. So let's get into the plot. I'm going to go again, character by character. First, we got Matt Murdock. Um, Matt's arc, as we've seen, change over the season, like every single character does in a TV series. Um, what we're seeing him go through now is, you know, he wakes up and he's being taken care of in the church cathedral that he always goes to. Uh, he's kind of losing his senses, you know, after being in an explosion and having heightened senses. Uh, they're affecting his ability. You know, it's almost like his depth, depth perception. Because again, and I know you guys know this, but Daredevil is blind. So... He relies on his hearing, and when you're in an explosion, you know, he potentially... It hits him harder. Uh, so, not only, obviously, the physical tolls, but then, like, the the physical toll of, you know, his senses being damaged. But he also takes a route... So, last season, we saw Matt go full Daredevil, no Matt Murdock. This one, he's going full Daredevil, but he's trying to distance himself from Foggy and Karen. They literally believe he's dead. So... You know, his he he's going through that. His body's failing him. He's not, you know, the ninja he once was. Uh, and so Matt, he doesn't want to be close to anyone. But the cool part about this arc and like this season is it kind of goes to show that he is better. He is made better with those people and their influences in his life. And so I love that. I loved watching that. I want to rewatch that. That's the kind of stuff I live for. It also, as always. And, and, and so masterfully this season has Matt wondering if the justice system can work. And obviously as a vigilante, it's a little bit of like elbow nudge. 
he obviously doesn't have full faith in the criminal justice system because he takes justice into his own hands as a superhero. That's kind of the whole, no matter what you want to say about superheroes, that's kind of their narrative. Let's get into Karen and Foggy. And I don't think I've said his name on this, on my reviews, but I wanted to give shout outs to the actors that I thought did really well. I want their names to be out there. So Eldon Henson, I said Deborah Ann Wool plays Karen Page, amazing. Foggy Nelson, uh, played by Eldon Henson, amazing. And his he's so freaking good, like in, in this season in particular. I thought I misremembered kind of what was happening in this narrative uh, in my recollection. In my recollection, it's my only my second time watching season three since it aired. Um, and so Foggy is like just, I thought he was going to be this resentful, you know, I'm sick of you, Matt, kind of like season two Foggy. And he's not, you know, he's, he's, he's so glad his friends around. And then he's like, I will follow you to the ends of the earth to protect you. Cause I love you. And no, you're not even going to do that for yourself. So I'm going to do that for you. And then there's, then we also see within Karen and Foggy, uh, uh, Kingpin's fingerprints all over their lives. Karen has that flashback about how her brother died. And, you know, she, she's trying to nail him down through being working at the bulletin. Uh, and she can't. And for Foggy, his family business, his parents' butcher shop, you know, uh, that's owned by his brother. They wanted him to be a part of. He, that you find out they kind of got in bed with the Kingpin when their finances, when Kingpin halted their, uh, halted some of their business stuff going on. And so he, he gave them an out through Red Lion Bank, which as if you've watched, you know that Red Lion is pretty much his offshore bank account stuff that kind of got them out of the hole, but also makes them, make, puts them in bed with the Kingpin. And Foggy didn't know this at the time, so it was just really, really interesting. I loved that arc for Foggy because it's like, okay, yes, we have so many criminal justice. Like my job is to go against the kingpin, but now it's like, oh my, he's like trying to harm my family. And it's not in a way where they can, you know, it's not a physical way. It is a, they're trying to crush their business. My, my, my family's livelihood. Uh, I love that. Karen has, uh, again, she, she's Deborah Ann Wool. major props to Karen because she, again, in the comics, like about as much as I know about her is she died. You know, she worked with Nelson and Murdoch, but I didn't understand the dynamic. I haven't read the early Stan Lee, like Wally Wood, uh, daredevil stuff, which I think is a lot of Karen page and she's the femme fatale. And uh, now that I think about it. Ooh, I don't think I've read the first issue of daredevil ever. And I haven't, that's bad. Anyways. Um, but yeah, so Karen, like this series is inventing Karen for me, you know, it's informing. And I think they've taken so many liberties. They gave Karen an entire flashback episode about how her brother died and how that affected her. And, um, you know, we get to explore the, the consequences of all of that. And then, oh, also Foggy runs through DA and that was awesome. <laughs> we didn't see a lot of Fisk last season. And I think, um, that was really interesting. I don't know like, what was going on with Vincent D'Onofrio or the writing, but, I realized we didn't see much of him. And so it was really nice to see him back and kind of like, I feel like this season is so much of Matt and Kingpin just like playing chess with one another, like obviously metaphorically. And the way that they went about the pot, they postured the Kingpin, I feel like was the most Kingpin I've ever seen in a way. Uh, he was motivated by the, so he's incarcerated right now after, uh, Daredevil season one, he was always incarcerated throughout season two. Fisk partners with the FBI in order to get immunity so that he can be, you know, back with Vanessa. But then there's all this stuff that goes down. And Vincent D'Onofrio, again, 
I had him pegged all wrong in when I was watching the first se- first season. I was like, my first run through, I was like, oh, I don't know if I like him as Kingpin. Oh my gosh, I was wrong. He is amazing. And so what he's able to do with kind of like, I don't know. I Sometimes I feel like Kingpin is a one-dimensional character, but like, man, he, is just, he just gets you in the series. And like Vanessa... He's like, we're trying to give Vanessa back and using her as motivation, but she's not a damsel in distress as we find, you know, later in the season. It's just awesome. Just great. Now I want to talk about the person I've wanted to talk about for the last three seasons. Um, Benjamin Benjamin Poindexter. Wilson Bethel is the actor who plays Bullseye. And obviously we don't get the traditional Bullseye costume, which hopefully with the series being fingers crossed either revamped cinematically or um on the show hopefully we can get like an actual bullseye costume or bring i want him back so freaking bad um they added just like so much to this character and i loved it all uh his his origin they gave him an entire episode about his origin they made him part of the fbi it wasn't so there's the narrative that Marvel's doing now where where the, the bad guy isn't so bad. You know, he's trying to do the right thing, but using the wrong intentions and the wrong means to get to the noble ends. You know, kind of like Magneto or Thanos even. That's not Bullseye. He is a guy, he's so troubled. You know, he's just so mentally ill. And he, he was trying to do the right thing. He's trying to do the right thing. And then pretty much he just gives up on that. And he's like, no, I'm just going to... I'm just going to do what I want to do. I'm going to stop fighting who I am and give in to his impulses. And I think that's very much who Bullseye is and who I see him as in the comic books. And and that's why I'm terrified of him. You know, there's no inhibitions in Bullseye. And I think we kind of see that transition. But he, he tried so hard, tried so hard, tried so hard, gave up. And I was like, ah. And again, like, he has the mental stability, in my opinion, of, like, the Joker. Just none. No mental stability. And then I... The fact that he he's like, okay, he has that, that part is obviously terrifying. We've seen that extent. But then he has the freaking skills that he has. And that is just the most terrifying thing I've ever. Anyways. And like Wilson Bethel crushed it. I love, I love that they went back to something they did in the first season. And they spent an entire um, episode with, with Bullseye. You know, we, we got to spend time with him. And that was awesome. Um... It's, it was lost in season two. I think I think realizing hindsight now, what I liked about season one and season three is that we have a villain, you know, and a very focal villain, it, it, someone Matt is at odds with. And then we have Bullseye, you know, uh, as a pawn of the villain. And then who's just if a, a bigger threat, if not a, as big or bigger threat than Kingpin. And when Kingpin is moving Bullseye around, it's like, ah. Oh like chef's kiss also the arc of dressing him up as daredevil oh my gosh that was just freaking awesome i loved all of that the emptiness in his eyes i could go on and on and on about wilson bethel's uh, bullseye because that's just the character i've always wanted to see translated well and he just crushed it and credit where credit's due now the last character i want to talk about is agent ray nadim who's acted who's portrayed by jay ali Amazing, amazing character. Now, this character is not in the comic books, or at least not in my radar in the comics. If I was to ever write Daredevil, I'd write him in. It's like, oh, I have an old friend from the FBI. Boom, he's in because he rules. Um, 
I think he adds this dimension to the show that it desperately needed because we can take all of these stakes for granted, uh, you know, with, with these super abilities and the, the super high stakes. He is someone who's a normal citizen, uh, and he added, like, so much grounding and, like, scope to what is going on. Um, it, he showed how easy it is to fall under the spell uh, of corruption and of Wilson Fisk. You know, his narrative and how it tied into everything going on was, like, so compelling, and it was also so relatable. You know, the first scenes we have with him, everyone's just kind of like, who is this guy? We're kind of, he's kind of dropped in our laps. And what he really gives us is... Uh, the opportunity to, uh, you know, just have a relatable character and like see the stakes at play. Like, and everything in his arc was amazing. It was all just amazing. So much happened in the season, but I also found the pacing to be absolutely perfect. I think Daredevil is the one excuse that I can see how the 13 episode structure works. The way the writers were able to culminate everything and weave the narratives together into each other was uh, mesmerizing. Amazing. Uh, I know I'm an internet fanboy for Daredevil. You guys know this. Uh, I have a comic book page. Like, I am inclined, all of this, I'm the target audience, you know, for Daredevil. But in the last year, I've watched The Sopranos, I've watched Game of Thrones, Succession, Breaking Bad, like, what people herald as some of the greatest television of all time. I've taken in a lot of it. And I just want to say, like, with the tightness in the writing and with, the, like, everything going on, I think Daredevil is a Game of Thrones, you know, Sopranos-level show. And this season, like, demonstrated that. Like, it was... I was on the edge of my seat. Like, just, just for the writing and the acting is awesome. And the stakes and, like, everything. Like, the culmination. I think the best episode of this series, too, was... Uh, it's, it's episode 12 of season 3. And I'd, I'd argue, like, that episode nails exactly... Wilson Fisk it it laid Matt Murdock's value system and you can see his 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 justification for everything he does moving forward like and why he is motivated in the way he's motivated like to be Daredevil and to be a part of the law system and Foggy's trying to convince Matt that the system works because it's just so good like oh it is so freaking good and then on top of all of it the action sequences in this season in particular and I mean this I wrote all caps ridiculous um, behind every fight, it wasn't just a fight for the sake of a fight. There was meaning, there were stakes. Uh, they, they all moved the plot forward and they were all so compelling. Um, most notably, I want a big, 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 big shout out to the bulletin office fight scene where the first time we see, uh, Poindexter in the daredevil costume and Matt and him, oh my gosh, they just fight. And we just really do see the power of bullseye there. He, everything was a weapon everything it literally it could have been anything and it was just so awesome it was so freaking awesome. the choreography of that fight and just everything that happened amazing 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 and then in 13 in episode, in episode 13 the last episode of the series uh it i i i think that the way it ends culminates the kingpin matt murdoch dynamic perfectly uh wilson fisk it, it exemplifies the chess match. They they kind of literally shake hands at the end almost, where Fils, uh, Fisk and, and Daredevil kind of like recognize who they are and who they are to be to one another. It was, it's perfect writing, really. I was just blown away. When it goes into my cons of this episode, 
or of the season. I have one con, and it's not anything to do with the writing. It is just a preference thing. I, it's a reflection of my preference. I, I don't. I'm not a huge fan of the man without fear costume. So the bandana over the head, and there's literally no point in this entire season where Matt wears the regular Daredevil costume, and I'm like. You know what resignifies the meaning of Daredevil is if Daredevil fights Daredevil. And then it's like, oh, wow, he's trying to prevent us the whole time. This man's the real Daredevil, you know? It's just like, what the heck? How come, how come, I'm seeing it in the comics right now, too. Like, how come Matt is at war with the Daredevil identity? I'm like, yo, man, it's who you are and the meaning is what you make it. And they kind of end that series, they end this series on that note where he says, I can't, I can't be thinking about all the lives that were lost when I was Daredevil because I can think about how many lives were saved. I just want him to wear his proper suit, and I think that's why season two is just one of my favorites. But I said at the season two review that Daredevil was Daredevil season two is my favorite. That's not true anymore. Daredevil season three, I give a rating eleven out of ten. Um, I obviously know that can't be it, but it's a ten. It's a perfect ten for me. I think it. it this reminded me what I love about this series. Uh, I thought the season was perfect, and that if that's my one con, that's okay. You know, uh, it doesn't knock anything off. I was just like, it's a preference thing. Didn't take away from any of the action or any of the drama or any of the story happening for me. Um, more than anything, too, the, that how perfect this season was <laughs> reminds me how heartbreaking it was that it ended. You know, after this, I think a week or so after the series aired. Netflix announced the cancellation of Daredevil because I think I think it was because of the Fox acquisition or or what, but it was like oh just go- I don't think Defenders uh, performed as well as they wanted it to, um, and I don't think that's because of Daredevil. I think that's because they had some hard times tying up loose ends in other series they did. So it was heartbreaking. But how wonderful is it that we live in a world where it's coming back? The Disney recognized these people in two properties that have come out recently. And uh, Marvel, obviously, properties. So credit where credit is due. I want to dedicate this episode and my season reviews to the Save Daredevil movement. Uh, I will drop a link in the description below. Go follow them. Go see what they're up to because I don't know if we would be able to pick pick up and play with these toys again without that movement. So I'm Cameron. I know just read comics. I love them. Make sure to clobber those like and subscribe buttons and maybe check out my podcast, Cameron Reads Comics. See you next time.